welcome back everybody to the Ballhawks podcast. I'm your host Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at ssfisher87. Uh, I am joined again, record setting. This guy sets records every single week we do this. I couldn't do it without him. This week we got Chris Iago Phillips. How are you doing today, Chris? <laughs> I was, I was gonna go full out, but I don't want to wake my kids up. <laughs> I was like, I, I've got, I, I know Iago, but I was like, I've got nothing like in the hopper as far as like Iago quotes or like other than like the the Sultan uh, feeding Iago the crackers. If he feeds me one more cracker, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's that's pretty much my only like distinctive <laughs> memory of iago but that's yeah. uh that's a great poll i'm i'm definitely on board with that one as long as you're talking about about cartoon iago because yeah. um live action aladdin i think i've maybe only seen once and i'm still not on board with will smith as the genie oh i i thought he was i thought he was really good as the genie uh <sighs> i mean it's just a classic thing right it, one, it's, I mean, it's hard to live up to Robin Williams. Like, that's a large shadow that has been cast on that part. It's like anybody else uh, that plays the Joker from this point forward, right? right? Like, after Heath Ledger played the Joker in The Dark Knight. And, I mean, he he, he did do a great job. Don't get me wrong. But, of course, you know, he, um, you know, he, he died, uh before he was even able to win an Oscar for that performance. Uh, and so it just, it just casts that like such a large shadow on that character and on that performance. I mean, Robin Williams, um, you know, if he were still alive today, that shadow would still be cast on, on the genie character. Cause yeah. he did such a good job. Like, I don't, I don't know if you've heard, but there's like hours and hours of just, extra film because robin williams recorded so many like so <laughs> many lines me, right? and went off script so many different times um they, they just have like hours of just genie content of robin williams doing his thing That's um awesome. which i don't i don't know if there's anybody better in ever in our lifetime at least um as far as you know going off script off script and ad libbing and just uh yeah doing doing his thing and and uh anyways maybe bill murray would be a close second yeah but yeah i'm happy to be here i'm happy to break the record week after week (laughs) i mean i I, you know i i i couldn't do this without you either because you keep inviting (laughs) me back um you know somehow i just you're like hey man like want to jump on skype today i'm like oh what are we doing talking about football again is that what we are doing on this podcasting thing show thing again yeah like for the will you teach me how to football (laughs) (laughs) do we even football anymore Is this? Can you take me to the treeouts of the <laughs> of the football treeouts? I would like to go to the football treeouts, please. Um, <laughs> happy to be here. I I mean we're I, I know we both are. Um, you know I'm I'm going to speak for both of us here. We're so excited. We're both so excited to be here. Uh, you know, maybe you guys can hear the the added excitement in our voices, the added exuberance. Uh, this is our first episode where. A real 
football game that actually matters happened today. Like this is no draft podcast. This is no like speculation, uh, way too early schedule predictions, <laughs> training camp podcast, preseason podcast. Get all that out of here. It's time. It's regular season. We're so excited to be here. We're so excited for you guys to be listening. Um, of course, we're going to be super interactive uh, with you guys. We love chatting with you guys. So please connect with us on Twitter. Uh, that's where we're most interactive. Uh, you can find us there at ballhawks underscore pod. I mean, we would love to interact with you guys more on Instagram and Facebook as well. But that doesn't seem to have as much traction as what Twitter does. Um, and of course, you can find my personal account at PhillipsChris12. Um, Steve, dude. What's going on, man? You seem to have a good weekend. I saw some photos. Uh, you and the family went hunting. Um, I just have to say, because I didn't comment it on uh, Alyssa's photos, because I knew we would talk about it. Um, dear God, does Easton look cute in his camo <laughs> um, getup? Like, call it a one piece. I know it's, you know, pants, shirt, hat, but like, man, he looks super cute. Yeah, it was a, a great weekend. Um, I, I had to stop you maybe just a little bit. Uh, you know, the draft is my go-to. That's like, I call it my favorite time of the year. Uh, the the, the off-season, I really like it because it's built with so much hope and, you know, you're, you're getting excited for all these pieces your team's bringing in. But there was nothing like waking up this morning. And I know there was a game that happened on Thursday, but you wake up this morning and, you know, from the time you get up, well, maybe not right at the time you get up, but essentially from sunup to sundown, you can be watching football all day. It's so exciting. Like, you know, the Ravens weren't even playing today and I, you know, caught a bit of the game before I had to go to baseball, like uh, caught a bit of the Seahawks game, I should say, uh, came back and I was super excited that football was still on and I caught, you know, most of the the Chiefs Browns game, which I'll talk about in a bit here. Um, yeah, and got to take the kids out for a little bit of just practice being in the bush time. So that was good. Yeah, um, it's um, like you said, like, I mean, there, there's the Thursday night game, but like it's unless your team's playing in, in the Thursday night game, it's really hard to get it's really hard to get up for the Thursday night game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, so when uh, word choice matters on the Ballhawks podcast, yeah, this this uh, just went off the rails all of a sudden. I'm nobody can see it, but I'm I'm blushing a, a, a little bit. I'm trying really hard not to laugh right now. Um, any anyways, uh. <laughs> Uh, okay, basically, um, Thursday night okay. games don't matter if your team's not playing in it. Exactly. That's yeah. right. Um, nothing compared. Like, Monday night is cool. Um, actually, like, Sunday night is amazing. Or Sunday day, excuse me. Sunday is is amazing. Sunday is the day for football. Like, I, I talk to people about fantasy football, and I'm like, you know, like I always say, like, one of my, like, biggest things about fantasy football, why I like it way more than any other fantasy sport is like I really don't have to pay attention to it any other day except for Sunday. Um, yeah, you have the Thursday right. game. Yeah, you have the Monday game. But like Sunday is like the day for football. Monday Night Football is kind of like the, the 
I guess you would call it the the marquee primetime matchup. Um, so maybe that's why as well, like Thursday night, it, it, it doesn't really matter unless your team's playing. Um, but yeah, man, like it was just, it was like being on the West coast. I, I was talking to, to the guys from the, the, we talk Seahawks podcast, um, about this last week when I was on their show, it's like, there's nothing better than being on the West coast during football season. Cause I, I wake up on Sunday morning. I have a cup of coffee. I have a second cup of coffee. I hang out. I feed my kids breakfast. And then I watch that first game at 10 o'clock. And I watch as many games as I can at 10 o'clock because usually the Seahawks aren't playing at, the, at, that, uh, at that time. And then at 1 o'clock, I watch the afternoon schedule. And then at 5.30, I watch the prime time games. Like It's just like there's nothing better than Sunday from September to February um, especially when you're on the West Coast and you don't have to worry about like you know games k- kicking off at 8:30 at night or something like that, or like even in the, the the UK. So I mean, we got to enjoy the Seahawks game this morning at 10 a.m. Well, in the UK, the Seahawks game kicked off at 6 p.m. Yeah, right. Like I couldn't imagine that. Like so, a, a normal Seahawks game in the UK kicks off at like nine o'clock because they're hmm. eight hours ahead of us. Yeah. That's so weird. Even yeah. uh, even being a Ravens fan on the West Coast, I find it strange. Like I get up, you know, maybe I'm, you know, cleaning up from breakfast kind of idea as most Ravens games start at 10 uh, my time. And I think to myself, most people have already had lunch and things like that on the East Coast where they're watching it. So it, it's kind of interesting to think about that from a fan's perspective, like, I watch most of my games in my PJs. Um, I don't know if usually by like those afternoon games, I'm like, all right, I better like at least put a new shirt on or something like that. Right. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of interesting. Especially like, is this your first season on Twitter? Uh, No, I'm a full year on Twitter now. I I found that very, very strange, but uh, yeah, I was going to say, I guess real year though. Like, I start. I joined Twitter August 2020. So you know, I had my close friends on there that ha- that were following me, and you know, I was just following some like players and you know, big time media outlets. So this will be the first year where I actually have like a a, a sizable following, and uh, I'm not sure if I like it already. It's a it's a lot of overreactions, which I find kind of comical. Um, but anyways, let's uh, let's talk about a couple games here. We're we were trying to figure out how we wanted to start our, our our weeks on these episodes because, like Chris said, we have been doing this since March, and this is our first week where we can actually talk about real football games that happened. So uh, the one game that I wanted to highlight this week as my game of the week, I think a lot of people were tuned into this. Uh, afternoon game or afternoon on the west or yeah on the west coast here was the Chiefs versus the Browns so I was at baseball I come back um, I think it was seven nothing for the Browns when I uh, first logged in thinking to myself all right this will be a good game the Browns kind of dominated the entire first half I think they kind of put the world on notice Uh, they went into halftime 22 to 10 
Mahomes didn't really look like he had a lot going for him to start. Baker looked clean. The run game was clearly going. Um, you know, it looked like the Browns of the playoffs, like right where they left off of almost upsetting and going to the AFC championship. Um, I, I thought, wow, this is going to be one hell of a division. You're, I, I think you might be talking about uh, the Bengals coming up here. Winners, the Pittsburgh Steelers won. I was like, oh my goodness, we're going to have three division <clears throat> teams start their year off with a win going into this Monday nighter. Like that's a lot of pressure. And, um, you know, a lot of people didn't see the Steelers beating the bills. A lot of people didn't see the Bengals beating the Vikings. A lot of people didn't see the Browns coming out and dominating the chiefs. Um, so the, the second half starts and, uh, it's kind of pendulum shifting kind of idea. Um, Mahomes seems to get some stuff under him. Starts going to Travis Kelsey a lot more. Uh, you know, finding Tyreek even in sort of like crossing and middle routes. Their run game still really didn't get going, but it kind of looked like that old KC. Obviously, they were doing those quick strikes. I think the last two touchdowns in the fourth uh, were like three minutes apart for two of them. And they kind of just took the momentum over. But the the thing that kind of really, really stood out to me, I mean, it's not shocking to me that Patrick Mahomes makes a huge comeback against a Browns team. The thing is, he did it against a really good Browns defense. Like the secondary was good. The linebackers were good. Miles Garrett was abusing, abusing mm. Orlando Brown Jr., um, that um, sorry, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but that late in the fourth quarter where the the, the Chiefs are kind of like trying to ice the game, yeah. And Miles Garrett, I mean Miles Garrett and J- J- uh, Jadavian Clowney both beat the, their yeah. the tackles <laughs> the left and right side, yeah. and they combined to get a sack on Mahomes on uh, on third down to turn the ball over and, and give the Browns at least a chance. Yeah. Fighting. Chance. Um, I, I was watching the, the, the game at my parents. house. I'm like, when I watched miles Garrett beat the left tackle, I was like, Ooh, like <laughs> yeah. just blew by blew by him. Like just like no hesitation. Like yeah. he just, he was there. He got there so fast. Now, obviously this is kind of like a thing of importance. The chiefs traded a first round pick to the Ravens to get him. Um, this is a guy who wanted to be paid like a left tackle. He wanted to just play left tackle, you know, as the following a legacy of his late dad. Um, there's a guy that I follow on Twitter. His name is Cole Jackson. And he had a really informative post. And uh, now that I think about it, uh, he is right. He said that Orlando Brown always starts the season off very slow. And he looks like he's just kind of like, I hate to say it because it's going to bring up like some combine speculative stuff, but it kind of looks like he's out of shape slightly. And I mean, I know Miles Garrett is an absolute freak of an athlete, but he beats him so clean. Uh, There was like, there was this one drive where he's just getting around him. No problem at all. 
like Mahomes had to step up in the pocket every single time, which was disrupting his throw. Um, so that's not good to see if you're a Ravens fan um, in terms of what that Browns defense is. Um, but, you know, some good takeaways, obviously, Baker still, he looks good at times and then he looks really bad at times. Like when he can't use that play action role, like when they can't establish the run game and when Baker can't use the run game in the play action to set things up, um, he just looks like he forces everything. And like, it well, was, I mean, no, it was shown no better than on that last drive when they're trying to win the game and uh, he can't use play action. He can't use the run and he's just forcing balls in and he gets intercepted. Like that's the Baker we've all come to expect in those situations. Yeah. And instead of just taking a sack there, he just throws up a, a, a hope and a prayer yeah. that gets intercepted and ices the game. Right. Which yeah. is, it, it was too bad. I mean, it, it was, I, I think I took the chiefs to win that game. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I took the chiefs to win that game actually, but like, even though I, I picked the Chiefs to win, I, I was actually like kind of like deep down inside. I was cheering for the Browns because like you always kind of cheer for. I mean, it, it's I, I know you're an AFC North rival. It's kind of easy to cheer for the Browns, though, yeah. because like they have always been the the, the, the doormat of the NFL. Like they've always been kind of like the 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 you know, stepbrother or uh, stepchild that, uh, that you just kind of toss around and, and wipe, wipe your dirty shoes on. And like, wow. they, right. Like they, they've just, they've wow. never, like, uh, yeah, I, I combined, uh, stepchild and, and doormat there. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's one of those teams that like, they've never been as good as what they can potentially be right now. I mean, the, the Browns went 0 and 16, and when the when they won a game in in Baker's rookie season, like everybody was happy for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody was cheering for the yeah. Browns to win that game. I can't remember who they beat, but like everyone was cheering for that to happen. Everyone was cheering for them to win, and like they've just they've been always the 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 whipping boy, and you just yeah. want to see them succeed and, and do well and, and this is probably the best team that they've ever put together uh, both on offense and defense and so to you know see them go into Kansas City and start out start out like world beaters and look like they have a chance to win this game just to you know have it crumble at their feet is it, really too bad because like you know that that would do that would have done so much um, for their season as far as confidence and, and just the rest of the year. And like, you know, like we can beat anybody. It's the world against us. And, and just, yeah, it's, it, it's really, really easy to cheer for the Cleveland Browns. I, I know we're a Seahawks and a Ravens podcast. So part, a lot of people probably, you know, throwing crap at their screen right now. Um, being Good. like, Chris, what are you talking about? I'm, but I don't want to wreck my new computer, but if this was an old computer, I'd be throwing something at your face right now. <laughs> exactly. I do right? not yeah. condone like, this message. I will always be happy when the Cleveland Browns lose. And if they <laughs> still become the whipping boy of and like anything, um, I'll be happy. You know, that's just like me cheering for, you know, I don't know, the Cardinals 
Like I, I, I we can all Go get, for it. we can all get behind like just wanting the Cardinals to win. You would look at me and say, no, we actually don't. don't That's a lie. Don't, I mean, go ahead and cheer for the Cardinals, but just don't you dare ever cheer for the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Got my Trey Lance I, I, jersey on order. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if you saw the the poll question I sent out. I think it's sent out from the the podcast account the other day about like who this. Maybe it was my personal. I don't know. Anyways. Who is the Seahawks' biggest rival? The right. the Rams, the Niners, the Cardinals, or other? Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, it really came down to the Rams and the Niners. I think the Niners ended up winning in that vote. Um, that that would one hundred percent be my vote too. Like, <laughs> as much as I dislike the Rams and and they've been a big thorn in the side of the Seahawks, I. I can actually respect the Rams and and what they do and and how they how they do it there's something about the 49ers that i just absolutely despise them and i'm sure you feel the same way as like you know like you could probably appreciate the browns and respect what they do but you absolutely hate the steelers you know what i mean yeah i can i can only tolerate the browns because of our friend ted um (laughs) and only because he's been a fan for so many years like Hit the level of pain that man has endured through his sports life with all of the teams he cheers for. Um, you know, if as long as they're not beating the Ravens, you know, and when the Ravens are out, you know what? Sure. To to cheer with my buddy, um, I could get behind rooting for him to see his happiness, but it would still feel super awkward and weird, and I would I would preface my cheering by saying I'm only doing this for you, Ted. Oh, don't get me wrong. If any team from from the NFC West makes it further than Seattle in the playoffs, I'm cheering against them. (laughs) Uh, My my respect doesn't go that far. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the Cleveland Kansas City game, did you see the Ronnie Harrison thing? Yeah, I, I kind of saw the clip of it. I didn't know any of the context. I must have. I don't know, been looking at my fantasy team or whatever, went to go get a snack. Um, But yeah, he gets ejected for shoving. They said he threw a punch at the coach. He, If you watch it very carefully, the coach actually gives Ronnie Harrison like a discernible push. And I'm thinking to myself, what? Like, why are you not getting some sort of repercussions? And to be honest, like maybe the officiating crew missed it, um, but you can guarantee that. Well, we're talking about the NFL here, so let me re- <laughs> let me retract that. You can't guarantee, but you would hope the NFL would look at that and say, you know, if you're going to give Ronnie Harrison any sort of a fine, uh, you best be giving a fine to the coaching staff or at least the one uh, coach there for putting his hands on a player. Totally. I yeah. So I was flipping because it, it was the afternoon. The Seahawks weren't playing anymore. So I was flipping back and forth between uh, that game, uh, the Packers Saints game. I think I watched a little or no, I was actually watching um, the Vikings Bengals overtime as well. And um, anyways, flip back to the, the Chiefs Browns game. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And like, all I saw was the kind of end of the clip where it's Ronnie Harrison shoving the Kansas City Chiefs coach. Right. I'm like, oh, he's in trouble. Like, yeah. he's getting kicked out for the game. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, as I'm watching and they show the whole clip, 
I, I don't even really know what happened. It looked like Ronnie Harrison was maybe standing over top of Clyde Edwards um, Allaire. And the coach for Kansas City came running in, shoves Harrison. And then Harrison, I mean, who wouldn't instinctively react and push the guy back, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, I think it was Tony Romo being like, oh, like Ronnie Harrison took a swing at the coach. I'm like, he didn't take a goddamn swing. No. He pushed the guy. Like, if he took he a pushed swing, him the right, coach would be out. He pushed him in his chest. Like, yeah. come on. Like, <clears throat> like I, I know the difference between a, a, a punch and a shove. Like, I yeah. mean, you played football, Tony. Like, you should know the difference. Um <laughs> I was I was talking about it with with my dad tonight as well, and, and my my dad said the exact same thing. It's like, why wasn't the coach ejected? Like, why wasn't why is it just on the player to have to behave and and do what's best? And I mean, it, initially the officials they threw a flag and they uh, penalized the Chiefs for the what was it unsportsmanlike conduct on the, on the bench or something like that. Mm. And then they meet up and they talk or huddle up for like five minutes and like, Oh, actually we're going to give a personal foul uh, to this player as well. And eject him now because, and uh, the, you know, someone in New York is telling us to do so. Like I, that coach should be at the very minimum fined. Um, I honestly think he should be suspended. That that's b- absolute BS, man. Like you can't yeah. be getting up in players' faces and shoving players. Like if it was two, pl- if it was two players and a player came in and shoved Ronnie Harrison and Ronnie Harrison shoved him back, uh, maybe both players would be ejected. But I don't think so. I think both players are just offsetting fouls and just play on. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to set a little bit of a precedence. Like, if you want to see a player get ejected, all you have to do is get in his face. Like, as a coach, you just have to, like, you know, they're trying to get rid of taunting. All you have to do is taunt a player. And, uh, you know, you can get, like, a hot-headed guy kicked out of the game. But like you said, if you're a player in sort of the heat of the battle and a coach shoves you, you're thinking to yourself, who the hell are you? Who do you think you are pushing me? Like, I would instinctively push him back probably too. Um, let's uh, let's get your pick for, you know, highlighted game of the week. What have you chosen for us? Yeah, we uh, we, we talked about this bef- before we came on tonight. <laughs> um, just so we didn't pick the same game. Just so we didn't pick the same right. game. Just so we're not talking about the same thing for an hour. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> The, the Chiefs-Browns game was great. Um, I, I I watched a little bit of that game this afternoon. I didn't watch much football today other than, than the Seahawks game. Um, just with them being in the 10 a.m. slot, it kind of like messed up my whole rhythm with watching as much football as possible. Because when the Seahawks are playing, of course, I focus on that. And then after the Seahawks game was over, my wife was like, let's take the kids to a park. And I'm like begrudging them. I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah, sure. Football like, season, God. woman, come on. I'm, I'm not trying to watch football at all, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's go to the park, I guess. Didn't have um, a full day of sitting on my ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you just take the kids? Like, I, I, I'm really tired, babe. Like, I just, I, 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 I feel like maybe I'm coming on with something. It's called the, it's called, it's called the football flu. 
<laughs> it is COVID season. I better be extra cautious right now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, one of the guys at work has COVID right now. Like maybe I just need to take it easy. I think I should isolate until like, you know, middle of February anyways. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I just need to like quarantine in the in the basement. Um, but can you please make sure that there's enough beer and snacks <laughs> and all of my football jerseys are in the basement until then? <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, no, no. It, it has nothing to do with football season. Um, P.S. I'm going to grab my PlayStation. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> don't you cut that Madden code off. <laughs> um, I'm going to give game of the week. Um, I mean, it's hard, really hard not to give it to that Browns and Chiefs game, which honestly, that, that's probably the, the right answer anyways. Um, the Vikings Bengals game. Yeah. Um, going to, I mean, only game of the week to go to overtime. So that's, you know, pretty exciting week one, seeing a game go to overtime. Um, I, be, I believe I don't, I, would have to look it up. I don't really care enough to look it up right now, though. Um, <laughs> the Vikings kicked a uh, a, a late uh, field goal, which I believe was from some distance greater than 40 yards to tie the game up and, and send the game to overtime. You're correct. Um, it was a 53 yarder. It was 53. 53 that's Th- there you go. Yeah. Thank you. See, I told you it had something to do with some sort of numbers. <laughs> they kicked the field goal from a distance. This, uh, you know, the the guy that's paid to do the job of kicking the ball, kicked the ball and he did his job. Uh, <laughs> he anyways, it um, I I didn't watch really any of the game because I was watching the Seahawks game, but I was watching a bit of the overtime um, and it was just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then um, I think it was on fourth down in overtime. It was either third down or fourth down in, in overtime anyways. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was fourth down and it was like fourth and one. Everyone expected the Bengals to like do a QB sneak or like give the ball to Joe Mixon or something like that. And like all of a sudden, like even the announcer were like, oh, my God, Joe Burrow is going to throw the ball. <laughs> and like even Burrow looked like, oh, crap, like, uh, oh. Who am I going to throw the ball to? Like, yeah. what, do I, what, what do I do with my hands, guys? Yeah. And uh, CJ Uzoma, Uzoma, Uzoma. I, I don't, don't know, know how to say it. Either. He, yeah, he all of a sudden he uh, freed up, got enough of a, you know, space from his defender, caught the ball. I want to say around the Vikings, like, I don't know, 30 yard line, something like that. Like, Got in, down into Vikings territory. Uh, the Bengals ran the clock down. Um, this is an overtime again, guys. Like, don't don't forget. Uh, Bengals ran the clock down. I think spiked the ball. They were out of timeouts. Five seconds left, left on the clock, and uh, you know some rookie kicker that made his first NFL start today uh, kicked the game-winning field goal. Yeah, I'm just um, which, looking here. It says uh, fourth and one on Cincy's 48. Joe Burrow passed short left yeah. to uh, CJ Uzama uh, at so at the 48 gain of 32 yards. Like either one of two things happened. Either the Bengals were being super ballsy and good for them for saying like we don't tie games. Ties are like I ties just bother me so much, but. It's like on, on the other sister. hand, maybe they were just like, 
let's go for it all. And if we lose, like we need a left tackle still. So yeah. here we go. It worked out <laughs> yeah. for them. They, they sure do need a left tackle still. But it was like, I think it was like, I want to say like a, a minute, a minute and 10 seconds left on the clock. Like when they snapped the ball. So like, there was basically no time left on the clock. So they're like, you know what? Like, let's go for it on fourth down. And like, yeah. if it doesn't work out for us, for us, it doesn't work out. Like what, like what's the worst We're that's going to happen? We lose this game. We tie this game, like whatever. Um, and like, like I said, like when they snapped the ball and, and I think it was like, a, like Burrow even like faked the handoff and then just like, Oh crap. Like, <laughs> He thought really someone happening. he thought someone was going to be like clearly open. He thought like the Vikings were going to bite on the play action and oh no it's not. And um yeah, it was just it was exciting to see. I mean, uh you know, it's the the I've got a Chad Johnson jersey in my, in my closet. Um I I like cheering for the Bengals. I like cheering for the, and it's just I know I'm really like just pissing you You're off and all worst. the Ravens fans, hey. Hey, let's cheer for the Browns and the Bengals. Like, yeah, great. Like, it's just, I, I don't Neato know. Like, gang. It, it, it's easy to cheer for, like, okay, like, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Like, they've got a, a lot of young talent, young, exciting talent there that is, we, is fun and easy to cheer for. Also, we also hate LSU players. So uh, that you're really not, like, advancing your case in any way, shape, or form here. I'm not trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, though. They're, um, they're they're young. They're exciting. They've got, like, the shiny kind of toys to play with, right? They've got, you know, a young superstar quarterback, young superstar receiver, young superstar uh, running back. They, they've got all the shiny toys. It, it makes sense why people want to watch that. Yeah. So it's just it, it, it's and I mean I don't I don't care for the Vikings either like I don't care for I, th- I think Kirk Cousins is grossly overrated so to see the Bengals um, win that game I, I was happy to see it I was happy to see them uh, pull it off in overtime with that last second field goal um, yeah so that's that's my uh, like I said I, I didn't really watch the the yeah. rest of the game but that's my my game of the week yeah those those are two because, good because games I, to kind of highlight I don't want to be a homer and give it to the Seahawks. Yeah. Either, so and yeah. we're going to be doing a spoiler alert. We're doing a little Seahawks thing uh, coming up shortly here. So I wasn't oh. going to, I wasn't going to let you pick the Seahawks anyways. We're talking about the Seahawks <laughs> on this podcast. This is a Seahawks like kind of thing we do every week. Yes. Oh, that's so, that's so exciting. Steve. Um, lucky that I, I picked this hat and Jersey I, today. What are the odds I wore my DK Metcalf jersey? I, I just, I can't believe it. Look at you calling yourself out. In case you guys didn't know, I like finally paid for duties and stuff like that for this DK I didn't. Metcalf jersey. No, yeah. Nope, I didn't pay duty because it showed up on the NFL Canada <sighs> website. And uh, I'm way too cheap to pay duty. Actually, um, the DK Metcalf jerseys have shown up in our local jersey shop at Jersey City. Yeah. And I'm actually pissed off about it. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right. So we're moving on here now. Yeah. Uh, I don't want anyone else in town to have one. Well, it's going to happen. Just yeah. get over it. Meh. Be happy with them. Be together. Meh. Be like, hey, we're both Hawks fans. There can be two of us. Just the two of us. 
We uh, can make it if we try just the no, two whoa, whoa, of whoa, us. Whoa, whoa. I'm the singer of this show, okay? We want to attract people. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's why we don't do live shows because we want to attract people. That's and right. Don't want anyone, anyone to see these faces. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so I thought what we could do to start this, you know, week of football on the podcast was you and I could kind of go back and forth on uh, just a few players that stood out for one reason or another, you know, like you, I also didn't watch every single game. I watched part of the Seahawks game. I, I've watched some highlights here and there. I've looked at box scores, fantasy scores. So uh, just because I'm nice and I don't want to take your player right off the start, I'm going to give you the first player to highlight and we'll kind of go, you do one, I'll do one. We'll, we'll hit some rapid fire here. What you got? Um, Can't be Tyler Lockett. It's not Tyler Lockett. Stop it. That's my I know you, your all-time favorite NFL wide receiver ever, Tyler Lockett. Um, I mean, it, impossible not to give this guy a shout-out for players of the week, and as much as I hate doing it, Chandler Jones, Arizona Cardinals, Five sacks. That's bananas. Like, especially against that Tennessee Titans offense, who is supposed to have, like, you know, just this world beater of a offensive line. And, I mean, Derrick Henry didn't perform very well because of it. Tannehill had a bad game. Yeah. Um, Taylor Lewan, actually, let me just Did you see, see if I can. I'm guessing you saw the tweet. Yeah, he's actually he's got it pinned on his Twitter account now. Like, I'm not goes, a, I'm not a Titans fan, but here's one before you say it out. W- one thing I absolutely respect about Taylor Lewan is he just owns it. Good, bad, ugly, like whatever it is, he just calls it exactly how he sees it. So l- let's hear the tweet. I, I think it was really good. And you know what? That that's the way it is. Like some some days someone's going to get the best of you and other days you're going to get the best of them. But anyways, Taylor Lewan tweeted, got my ass kicked today. No way around that. I let the team and the fans down. Thank you at Chan Jones 55. So that's Chandler Jones Twitter account for anybody that isn't aware for exposing me. It will only force me to get better. Um, Which yeah, like total, totally like a, just a humble attitude about it where it's just like yeah like i got my ass kicked today and you know what tomorrow i'm gonna be better and the rest of the season i'm gonna use that to fuel me to be better and not let my team down not let my fans down and show up and protect my guy um as a seahawks fan though um crap yikes yeah <laughs> Uh, why didn't crap, they trade him man i am like please like why didn't you guys trade chandler jones when he asked to be traded yeah please get him out of the nfc west um i mean the Seahawks offensive line looked pretty good today but like crap man yeah. like come on like and like five and- sacks in like i think it was like five sacks in three quarters so like maybe in yeah. the fourth quarter he just went and took a nap I, I i don't know but like he just dominated today and in all fairness to taylor lewan like 
here's another thing I respect about him. He's coming off of a major surgery. This is his first yeah. real like. Yes, he's been in. I don't even know. I'm assuming he he suited up for a little bit of preseason. He's obviously had offseason practice and training camp, and he's up to NFL speed. But until you get that first real game where you are facing that top level competition, you don't know how you're, you know, gonna react to it coming off the major injury. But still, yeah, like, oh my goodness, five sacks in a game is just bonkers. Like. That sets me up to, you know, overhype the fact that he's going to break the sack record for two reasons. One, he's got five in one game. Let's let's just say, what is it? Twenty two and a half is twenty two and a half still the sack record. He's almost a quarter of the way there. A quarter of the freaking way there already. So like. I know you're getting a little ahead of yourself here, Steve, but guess what? You're a quarter of the way there and you get one extra game to do it. You get an extra game to do it. So if I was going to take a hot take prediction, I'm going to say that one falls this year. Uh, The first guy I'm going to highlight, I wasn't going to highlight him, but you've been pissing me off with uh, inside division things. So Debo (laughs) Samuel looked. Who's sorry? Debo Samuel. Okay, yeah. Uh, 49ers wide receiver looked fantastic. Um, this one for me was was kind of, I had my eye on him because I had uh, Brandon Ayuk uh, in our keeper league. He was unbelievable for me, especially down the stretch. I was trying to trade him all offseason. Uh, nobody bit. Maybe they know something I don't. Um, I know Brandon Ayuk owners are a little upset that he put up a bagel boy uh but the 49ers have to be happy with Debo Samuel you know he did have the one fumble but nine receptions they targeted him 12 times almost had 200 yards so I I think he looked really good and in doing so he kind of helped take that pressure off of Garoppolo with Trey Lance kind of you know, breathing down his neck, coming in on his first NFL pass, throwing a five-yard touchdown. Um, I I think you need those go-to targets if he's going to keep his job. And to be honest, for the Seahawks, if they're going to keep Garoppolo over Lance, again, all the power to you because that kid is electric. But yeah, Garoppolo looked good and Debo Samuel, you know, really helped him look good there. So that's... That's my first pick. Who's who do you got for two? Yeah, uh, apparently Ayuk was dealing with some sort of nagging injury. I want to say like hamstring or oh, calf okay. or something like that. I but didn't see that. Anyways, neither here nor there. Um, my, I'm I'm torn here because I really want you to mention the next guy, but <laughs> I'll give uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Christian McCaffrey proved today why he is the first overall draft pick in fantasy football. Um, He had, and and like, doesn't matter, standard scoring, PPR, half PPR, like Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey, Jesus Christ. That's why we just call him CMC. Yeah, CMC, thank you. (laughs) Uh, CMC is the no-brainer first overall pick in whatever league that you yeah. may have been lucky enough to have that that draft slot, he had 
21 carries for 98 yards today. An additional nine receptions for 89 yards, um, which like on its own, like that's a absolute monster day for when you look back. at it from like fantasy aspect. Um, yeah. at, like the only thing that he was missing there to go like absolute like nuclear was a touchdown. Yeah. Um, but like that's a huge like he led the Panthers in both rushing and receiving today. Uh, so yeah, that's a easy shout out uh, player of the week to uh, Mr. CMC. Yeah, I I had him penciled down. I was gonna mention him. The crazier part about him, like I don't know what these routes were. They might have been sort of, you know, your check downs for ten yards, for seven yards, whatever. Nine receptions on nine targets. So every time they targeted him, wow. he got the ball. And this was a team that you know, brought in a new quarterback to get that passing game going. This is a team that brought in Robbie Anderson to to help offset the loss of Curtis Samuel. This is a team that went and drafted Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, really high. So I think a lot of people thought, and you know, maybe McCaffrey would lose some of those targets to Terrace, you know, to DJ Moore. Uh, and like you said, it goes to show why he was the no-brainer first overall pick. Our guest last week, Michaela, um, she posted that on Twitter. You know, what should I pick first overall? And I was like, don't overthink it. Pick McCaffrey. It's a absolute lock. On oh, like even in our um, podcast league, uh, Miss uh, Jenna Fabulous. Yeah selected cmc first overall and i don't know if you saw it or not um but she absolutely spanked her opponent this week like she's at one call it 163 wow this week with one guy left to play her opponent is at 95 with one one player left to play so like yikes like both of them put up monster weeks and she just still absolutely killed it. So uh shout out to uh Jenna Fabulous. Nice. Um I'm gonna go away from the NFC West. Uh you know, there uh, to be honest, there's a couple other choices you could have in there. I'm going to the AFC West and I'm picking Melvin Gordon III. And for those of you that don't know Roman numerals, that's the third. Here's a guy who, you know, had to share the the load with some backs last year. Um, they go and draft Javante Williams high, who I was very high on. I tried drafting him in all three leagues. Didn't work once. I'm playing against him uh, this week. Javante Williams had a, a decent day himself as, you know, the number two. But Melvin Gordon, you know, is doing the things that made him the lead back uh, with the Chargers. So he had a 70-yard run at one point. So he still got that burst. Ended the day with 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, three more receptions, only for 17 yards. But it was nice to see a guy that was, in my opinion, one of the top five backs in the league for so many years. And 
he kind of just seemed to get overshadowed by sharing it with Eckler and then sharing it with Lindsay. Um, you know, just kind of wherever he's gone, they have paired someone behind him to, you know, maybe just not having the full confidence in him. So for me, that was really good to see him uh, come out with a big monster day to start the the year. Who do you got for your last one? Oh, uh, um, I'm going to give it to uh, Famous Jameis. Famous Jameis, here we go. Jameis is out there. Eating those W's. Yeah, the crab legs. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he only had like 150 yards passing, um, but he had five touchdown passes. Um, so, I mean, against wow. that Packers defense, which was, you know, expected to be yeah. really good this year with, you know, the, 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 uh, the, Zedarius Smith, excuse me. <laughs> You're having a right time um, with me. Yeah. We need um, And um, what is it? Kevin King and Jair Alexander. And uh, who was that? Uh, that GB out of Georgia. First. Yeah. Eric Rowe. Thank you. Yeah. Um, they, they were expected to be like, just like have a top and defense this year and uh Jameis with his lasik surgery uh (laughs) just absolutely shredded them for five touchdowns which nobody expected nobody like if you pick the saints to win like prove it show me show me your your show me the slips yeah show me the receipts like Everyone was picking the Packers this week. And you know what's Uh, even more impressive now that you say it? Like, he only had 148 yards, but he didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. That's what, that was his big Achilles heel uh, leaving Tampa was that, you know, Jameis is going to throw for 5,000 yards, but he's going to throw 50 picks in there somewhere along the way. So getting those touchdowns, not worrying about maybe, you know, his passing stats and uh, just focusing on getting the job done with protecting the ball. I was, I was impressed with it. Yeah. Um, okay, well, you know what? Since you went with a quarterback, I, I have a couple more guys written down here, but I'm going to go quarterback as well. Um, I'm going Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'm wearing my yeah. Bama hat. Bama had a big week. You know, they're playing an unranked team. Uh, but here is former Bama quarterback. He had 264 yards, three passing touchdowns. Um, I, he had a fumble somewhere in there, but uh, it wasn't lost. He had si- seven rushes for 62 yards as well. It looks like he's grabbing that starting uh, role for the Eagles. He found his fellow Bama boy, Devontae Smith, for seven, uh, six targets. He, he just looked like he was in control. I know it was against the Falcons, but guess what? When you have quarterback controversy, um, it's really easy to get inside your head and, you know, maybe have a subpar performance. Uh, by all accounts, it looks like he came out, took care of business right away, and he is the clear-cut starter. Uh, no drama going forward. Yeah, um, I, I did catch, like one drive of that game because the the seahawks game got to halftime so i was like quick 
what what else could I watch before <laughs> they all reach halftime too? So like I want to watch more football. Yeah. Um, and uh, he looked very like poised, calm, cool, collected in the pocket. Um, yeah, I I was very very imp- impressed with Jalen Hurts. He looked great. Um, I, I want to give one last shout out before we move on here. Um, I mean, how can we not Tyreek Hill, 11 yeah. catches, 197 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. I'm just pu- pu- pulling it up on, on my phone here to make sure I, di- I didn't miss anything here. But like um, a, a, another guy that just like totally balled out, looked great. Um, I mean, he's nearly impossible to stop like yeah. even even my dad said like oh, like Tyree kills like a cheat code like Definitely. like he's just once he catches the ball he's, he's so fast that if he has any open space nobody's keep keeping up with him so right. um quick quick shout out to him but yeah i uh, i was really impressed with jalen jalen hurts as well this week okay since you did one honorable mention i'll also throw one out there um <laughs> Just seeing Matthew Stafford with the Rams, I, someone tweeted out, I can't believe you guys let the Rams get Matthew Stafford. Like, a- again, it-, it goes back to what you were talking about with the Cleveland Browns. He has been in Detroit his whole career and given only Calvin Johnson, which he did a lot with. Um, and finally, he gets to go somewhere where he has a chance to succeed um, he was 20 for 26, 321 yards, three touchdowns. Um, the game was in control from the very start of it. And like we started out our uh, er, an earlier podcast episode, I'm going to end this segment off with how does Matt Nagy still have a job? Get Justin Fields in the damn game. Don't be stupid. Um, it is not Andy Dalton's time and don't go bears. If Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback, I think I tweeted that about three times tonight being like, why is Matt Nagy so dumb? And is he trying to get fired? Right. He just, he's just, he wants a vacation. I think, I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, okay. So obviously we would be, you know, very foolish not to talk about it. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks did play today, Chris. You know, I watched a little bit of that. I put it out to Twitter to see what game I should watch. <laughs> you were a little upset with me, but I ended up watching a bit before baseball. Uh, give us the rundown on the Seahawks. How'd they look? What'd you like? What can they work on? I wasn't upset with you. I just knew that we were going to talk about it tonight. So I was just like... Like, dude, man, bro, like, come on. Like, you you know who to watch. Um, Man, I was so happy. Like, today was one of, like, the least stressful Seahawks games that I have watched in at least three years, if not longer. Um, I mean, there was the, the first... Uh, Colts offensive drive, which should have been stopped at a, at a three and out. Uh, Jamal Adams made a huge stop on third down. I think he sacked Carson Wentz, but it was in the, it, he got called for offside. Um, couple quick hi- highlights. 
excuse me, um, the first touchdown to Tyler Lockett, like beautiful rainbow throw from Russell Wilson, which like he's got like one of the nicest rainbow like teardrop one hundred touchdowns in in the league that you that you'll ever see. Um, but holy crap, what a great adjustment by Tyler Lockett to find that ball. Like Russ knew that Lockett had the guy beat. He just kind of threw it up there and let Tyler find find the ball. Um, a lot of receivers in that same position wouldn't be able to do what Lockett did. Um, they would, you know, just stay looking over over their left <laughs> shoulder or what have you, um, and and completely miss the ball and <laughs> and at the last second be like, oh crap, it's over here, like. <laughs> So um, great, great adjustment by Tyler Lockett. Um, second touchdown, uh, Russell Wilson to Gerald Everett. Great to get him involved, new to the offense. Um, you know, maybe not new to the system. Uh, Shane Waldron is, of course, the uh, former passing game coordinator for the Rams. So he knows a lot about Gerald Everett. So I was really happy to see that. Uh, I mean, Russ killed it today. He had, uh, what was it, four touchdown passes. Tyler Lockett had two. Everett had one. DK Metcalf had the other. Uh, It was like, I think in the, so I've got screenshots here. Uh, Sorry, I'm I'm really slowing up the process here. Um, in there, there was a, a few things about the offense I didn't love. Like in the first half, they had four possessions, three touchdowns. In the second half, they they didn't get another touchdown until their fifth pos- possession in the second half. So that was a little bit like it's a little bit of a like, cold slump there. Yeah, like I just, I don't know, like I'm one of those people where I'm like, you know, keep your foot on their throat and just like go for it. Um, But Russ had a huge game. I think he had like five incomplete passes the whole game. Uh, Four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like he was sacked four times, which I'm okay with. Like the the offensive line did, did. pretty well today uh there's huge huge question marks at the center position ethan posick you're not it bud um kyle fuller wasn't much better so um i actually tweet i actually tweeted today saying i really hope the seahawks call austin readers uh agent (laughs) right and austin readers agent replied back saying i hope so too lol (laughs) (laughs) You're like, if he gets that contract, you know who to like hand over some of that dough to, bud. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I told him, I said, well, you just make sure you keep us Seahawks fans in mind if, uh, if, if that's going to happen. Give yeah. us maybe the, the first scoop. Um, the that's what it was. The in the first half, Russell Wilson had three touchdowns, two incompletions, and only one sack. So. Wow. Great, great first half. The offense kind of fell asleep in the second half, um, but the defense really stepped up in the second half. So I, I, I really wish the Seahawks could, on both sides of the ball, put a whole game together. Because <laughs> if their offense and their defense could both play well at the same time, they're a really good team. I mean, they're a really good team regardless. It's just putting um, it all maybe, together for a complete game is so much different 
That's how you beat the best teams in the league. That's the difference between a playoff team and a Super Bowl contender. Right. Right. Is being able to put it all together for six, 60 minutes. Um, really quick on the defensive side, uh, Daryl Taylor was right. the absolute beast. That guy's going to be a problem for opposing offensives uh, for a number, let alone this season. Like he's going to just wreak havoc on teams this season. But for years to come, he is going to be an absolute problem. He had a uh, huge sack on fourth and one in the fourth quarter, which was actually his first career sack. And then he actually just missed out on his second career sack uh, when Carson Wentz just happened to get the ball away right before uh, Daryl Taylor got there. Um, So I was really, really impressed to see Daryl Taylor today. Uh, Rasheem Green was probably the, um, you know, best player on the defensive side of the ball today. Uh, He would, always seem to be involved, but Ken Norton needs to pull his head out, out of his hit, uh, out of his ass as well and stop putting Rasheem green into situations where he is covering wide receivers. Like, like, what are you doing? Like defensive ends, like Rasheem green is a defensive end. His job is to rush the quarterback. And that is what his like primary skill is. Why do you have him in coverage at all? let alone covering a wide receiver. Like, come on, man. Like, just so frustrating. There was, and like, there's more than once that Rasheem Green dropped back into the coverage and just, like, hitting my head against a brick wall. Um, last shout-out I want to give about the Seahawks game. Uh, not a lot of, you know, negative this week. It was, it was a really good game to watch. I don't know if you saw it, the Will Disley stiff arm. No. Oh man, uh, I will. Uh, th- there's tons of video on Twitter, so I'll, tw- I'll tweet it at you later. But like, think Mike Mayock, Beastquake. Like, nice. get off me, he says to Tracy Porter. Like, he caught a ball on the sideline, like two or three yards away from the first ga- first down. Live linebacker comes in to make the tackle. And he's just like, nope, <laughs> get out of here, son, and like gets the first down. Like, it was just. Beautiful, beautiful thing to to see. It was a uh, a, a grown man stiff arm taking the soul of another grown man. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. The one thing I was going to point out, um, I know you know I didn't watch the whole game, but um, just it goes to reiterate why he's so good, why everybody talks about him as a potential Hall of Famer. Uh, Bobby Wagner was doing his thing. He had, I want to say, like double digit tackles and like combined tackles. Um, I want to say like 13 or 14. Half of them were solo, half of them were assisted. But what that shows you is he's everywhere on the field still. Like he hasn't lost a step. He's still at the absolute top of his game. And I just feel like players like that almost get overshadowed by the Daryl Taylors who, you know, look so much better when you're like, but, but Bobby's still way up here. Like, why are we not talking about it? It was like, you know, when Ed Reed would have, you know, a really, really good game, but you're like, I expect Ed Reed to do this and that and this and that. So eh, I'll, I'll focus on someone else. So I want to give Bobby a shout out. 
Totally. It, it's the the new shiny toy, right? Like, right. oh, like, did you see Jordan Brooks? <laughs> and did you see Daryl Taylor? And like, Jordan Brooks and everyone, like, like, those two look so good in sync so together. Good. Man, like, I remember when the... Uh, the Seahawks were the pick before uh, at least one pick or maybe two picks before the Ravens picked uh, in that draft. Yeah. And we knew yep. that the Seahawks needed a linebacker and everyone was like, oh, don't take Patrick Queen. Don't p- take Patrick Queen. They take Jordan Brooks and everyone has this like sigh of relief. But Jordan Brooks was this guy that, you know, maybe the Seahawks picked higher than his projected second round but it's going to show you why they selected him as a first rounder, because if they saw or if any other team saw what the Seahawks saw, they weren't getting him in the second round at all. So we watched that draft, you, you and I right, uh, together on uh, Zoom. Yeah, we, and, we had like a Zoom party because so, that was when we were like all that. shut down. There, there was a few of us. And when the Seahawks took Jordan Brooks. I'm like, I was kind of like, eh, like I, 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 I don't watch college football. So I'm like, who is this guy? And you're like, your team just got a player. Yeah. Like you guys, that that's a great pick. Like you were super thrilled, of course, to get Patrick queen. Yeah. Uh, but you were like, you were had nothing but good things to say about Jordan Brooks. And it is showing like yeah. he is like, everything that the Seahawks needed him to be uh, and more and already in, I mean, he's only in his second season, so like he's just going to grow and get that much better. So um, yeah, really happy to see, um, you know, defense in the first half was, uh, you know, left a lot to be desired. Second half, they look great. One of the biggest things that I will say as well is that like Jamal Adams, they left Jamal Adams back in coverage pretty well all game. He had that yeah. that one in the first quarter where he uh, actually got called for offside. Um, but he had that that blitz in the first quarter. And other than that, like he was pretty much like, nope, stay in coverage. Like we got this, yeah, which that, is what it's good to see him do that. Th- that's what he should be. Right. Yeah. Like. I, I, I was talking about this with the We Talk Seahawks guys. Is like last year it was like the Seahawks knew like okay like Jamal can blitz the quarterbacks. So like let's we don't know much about him. He doesn't know much about us. Like let's just put him in that position right now and say like go do your thing. Like go do what we know you you are good at and you can excel at. Um, but now in year two, it's like no like you know the scheme, this is what we ask for you from a strong safety perspective. Um, if we ask you to blitz, great. But if we ask you to cover, that's what we ex- expect. And like, he's a former all-pro safety as well. So I am I was uh, really happy to see him in coverage today. Yeah. Um, I'll just do a little quick uh, Ravens preview here. They're obviously the Monday nighter. They didn't get to play... Um, we're going to be dropping the episode or at least recording before they play. So can't really do a recap. Um, obviously, the big news, is, you know, another season ending injury. Um, I was just leaving the gymnasium. You know, my students had P.E. 
And another teacher I work with who's a big football fan, I get a message from him. I think it's something school related and just says, I'm sorry, dude. And I can uh, those messages from a football fan. I know what it was immediately. The thing I didn't know was that there was more than one season ending injury. So they lost Gus Edwards for the year on an ACL the that would that at the time that would have been the third one they had LJ Fort go down with a an ACL um Justice Hill wasn't an ACL his was an Achilles then they had JK Dobbins go down with an ACL now Gus Edwards goes down with an ACL so they're down their two main backs and their third down back and then I I can't remember if it was the next play or you know within one or two plays basically uh, Marcus Peters goes down with, uh, an ACL injury he's done for the year. So, you know, naturally it it's tough, but I've been saying it on Twitter. It happened. It, you, you feel for the players, you feel for the teammates, um, as fans get over it. Okay. Like I'm a big fan, but guess what? They still have to play football games. So the only thing that goes through my mind, and this is why I love being a fan of this team, is their philosophy is next man up. And that is the only way you can play sports. In the moment and while your players are going through recovery, you're checking in on them, making sure your buddies, your brothers, they're doing good, they're doing well, they're rehabbing properly. But guess what? We got to go win football games. This is still a talented roster. Um, and they've got a big game on the road. The Raiders weren't, you know, a superstar team last year, but I think they've made some improvements. They're going to be playing in the Death Star for the first time ever. They get their fans back. Their fans are going to be at that little nightclub on the field. I don't know what the hell that thing is, but I'm sure Gronk will probably be there at some point, <laughs> <laughs> like partying with like, all of the Raiders fans, but they've got to come out swinging. They still have a guy named Lamar Jackson. Uh, this team comes and goes with him. They've still got an, you know, a pro bowl tight end. They've upgraded their receivers. You know, they've shuffled their line around. They're getting Ronnie Stanley back. The Marcus Peter was one hurts a lot more for me just because their defense is able to blitz and do some really funky things um, because they trust Peters and Humphrey just to lock it down on the back end. And, you know, we can send five, we can send six, we can have weird exotic blitzes. But again, this goes to next man up. They still have Jimmy Smith, who is capable of being a starting corner. They still have Anthony Averett, who... Uh, Ravens defensive coordinator Wink Martindale has said has Pro Bowl talent in him and he would be a starter on many teams. So this is their time to show that they can step up and do it. It just sucks when it's before a game is even played because you totally. know you are going to sustain more injuries. Uh, you just you just have to kind of move on from it. So you know, I'll, I'll obviously be looking to see how the run game is working. I'll be looking to see if there's like improved pass concepts. How does this defense move without Marcus Peters now? Um, and basically just <clears throat> looking for uh, a road win tomorrow. I'm excited. I get to watch another day of football and uh, 
prolong my stress until tomorrow. <laughs> I did. I, I feel like when a running back goes down, that's such an easier hole to fill. Right. Than which they have probably any other position in football. Um, I mean, it, it's always been said like it, it's been a, the NFL has gotten a little bit away from it the last few years with some of the, the trades, but like trade deadline, it's always been like, Oh, like if somebody's going to make a move at trade deadline, it's going to be a running back because like, no matter what team you go to a B and C gap is the same right. in every single program, every single playbook, every single, whatever, um, you know, pass blocking doesn't change much in, in different schemes. Um, losing, a guy like Marcus Peters, a guy that caliber, that skill level, that talent. Um, you know, I, I haven't been shy to say he's one of my favorite cornerbacks yeah. in the entire NFL. Um, that's a big loss for sure. And trying to move on from that, not, you know, not to, you know, salt the wound or anything like that, but like trying to move on from that is going to be, a big, big stepping stone for that Ravens defense. I think they can likely, um, you know, weather the storm as far as like their running back position. Um, you know, it might be a little bit uh, tough at the start of the year with some of the wide receiver injuries that they have as well. Um, you know, th this offense is really going to be, <laughs> putting a lot of that weight on Lamar Jackson, I feel like more so than ever before. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that the offense will figure it out. I mean, L Lamar Jackson is a former unanimous MVP for a reason. Uh, so I think he is going to do what he does and, you know, make that offense flow through him. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really, really interested to see what this Ravens defense looks like without the top cornerback duo in the entire league yeah. uh, that they had prior to that Marcus Peters uh, injury. It's just something we've been talking about all offseason with the top cornerback duos. Um, and yeah, I, I think the the moves that they have just made show that it's easier to bring in a running back or four of them <laughs> because they're so short on them uh, as opposed to a starting caliber corner. Like they had Le'Veon Bell, they have Devontae Freeman, um, they have this other kid, I'm drawing a blank now, uh, I want to say it's like Canton or Cannon, um, and then the newest one, Latavius Murray. So we'll see how those guys do with it. Um, tomorrow, I still expect a win. I think they can go on the road easily still and beat, you know, a subpar kind of Raiders team, um, in their house, in their brand new stadium with fans back. I still expect the Ravens to win. Um, okay. We have, we have enough time, I think here to do a really quick third down. Uh, we know it's everybody's favorite segment, so uh what do you got for us today dude what would a ball hawks podcast be without the third down i mean wouldn't be the we love podcast we love to yeah exactly we love to talk football we love to uh you know shoot the breeze and have fun 
Um, you know, as as hard as things get on on fourth down, um, <laughs> we we love uh, third down even more. Um, so with that, I've got a really. I mean, we're pretty well the same age. I, I know I know I'm a year older than you. You don't have to remind me that my back is that much worse than yours. Wait till you hit 35, Steve. It's gonna really suck. Uh, um, but is. with that, I'm sure we watch a lot of the same cartoons as kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, probably. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, you're also the guy that's never seen a movie in his entire life. Um, so I'm <laughs> I'm really going out on a limb here, uh, risking the biscuit that we have also seen the same, uh, you know, 90s classic cartoons. So please don't let me down here. Uh, if not, maybe we have to call a friend, pull a, you know, who wants to be a millionaire and, and bring in a uh, last second guest, which I, you know, Find I, somebody I don't know, hopefully at 10 Ted, p.m. at night. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully Ted's available last second like this. Yeah. But anyways, are you ready, Steve? I'm ready. Let's do it. Third down. All right, let's do it. Head to matchups. We uh, got some classic '90s cartoons. Um, so first matchup, I've got Recess, which uh, you can find on Disney Plus if you haven't watched it as a kid. It's great. Uh, versus Hey Arnold. Uh, I watched a, so I've seen both of them, uh, but I watched a significantly more amount. Uh, I don't even know if that's grammatically correct. Way more Rugrats. Um, it's not even the same matchups. You went off the board already. Didn't you say Rugrats? No, I said Recess. Oh, Recess. I heard Rugrats. Jesus okay. Christ. Well, that's okay because I've seen a lot of Recess too. <laughs> I'm just he- I'm just hearing the matchups that I want to hear. I'm like, okay, so what I th- it's like when you tell Siri something and she's like, I think what you wanted to say was no, Siri, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> okay, well, I'm picking recess. Um, that one for me stayed more through. Like I watched it. <laughs> I know this is great. Just picking my own like matchups. Like so, you said this. I'm uh, I'm picking this. Uh, yeah, Recess was one of those ones I watched, like, as an older child into, like, almost teenage years, and there was just cool. something about it that kept me coming back to it, um, just, like, the absurdity of, like, these things that would actually go on in, like, elementary school, uh, yeah, I, I'm really hoping, I, I try not to, uh, inflict my own you know past childhood onto my kids but it's one show that i really want my kids to watch so i can go back and enjoy it um, as a grown man so i'm gonna pick recess for this answer (laughs) (laughs) but you better have rugrats Um, on there too Um, it, uh, I, I, I love recess. It, it, I've got, uh, a bit of a soft spot in my heart for recess. Like you're talking about, like we watched it as kids growing up and then like into our, like kind of our teenage years. And so when I went overseas to Europe to go, uh, you know, backpack and, and be a, a free single 19 year old, um, I have some family over in Scotland and, 
that was kind of like home base was was Glasgow. And uh, my, I guess, long story, my mom's cousin's daughter, anyways, my, my second cousin, um, <laughs> we, we, yeah, we watched uh, a, a lot of Recess together. So nice. um, I, I love Recess. It, it, it's, it, it's a great show. It still holds up. It, like I said, it, it's on Disney Plus. Rugrats nice. probably isn't on Disney Plus. So um, you probably should have <laughs> listened better there anyways. Um, next matchup, we're going to go a little bit of superheroes here. Um, so we've got the, uh, the classic X-Men series versus Spider-Man. Hmm. Uh, you wouldn't be surprised to, to know that I didn't watch as much. I, I still watched X-Men. I still watched Spider-Man. Um, I was always a big fan of Wolverine. Like I just always wanted to have knives come flying out of my hand. I didn't understand like what that would actually do to your hands. Like it would just destroy <laughs> your hands and they'd be bleeding everywhere. But you know, just no, the thought got of it was super. He's got superhuman healing power as well. Like that's why it all works together. Yeah, but I'm talking about me as a kid, like just knives coming out of my hand. Like I didn't, I didn't forethink what that might actually like do to you. But, um, I was a much bigger Spider-Man fan. I don't know. There was something about it that he's, he's kind of like this unsung hero. Like he doesn't have all of these massive, crazy powers and you could almost like picture yourself as Spider-Man. So I, I would go with Spider-Man in this one. Yeah, that, 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 that's fair. I, I, I watched both of those shows a lot on i think it was on like fox kids yeah at the time so i was like after school get home watch x-man or spider-man or whatever i probably watched a lot more spider-man uh th than i did x-men um next matchup so full disclosure i just threw this together last second because i realized that i included recess twice <laughs> <laughs> wonder where you're trying to get me to go with my mvp here yeah, yeah. So, like, I realized that I made a mistake. So, I'm going to go with Animaniacs versus Dexter's Lab, which Dexter's Lab was kind of a bit of a, like, not a lot of people watched it, but I always enjoyed that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, what's, uh, what's your picture? I loved Dexter's Lab. Like, it, it wasn't <gasps> one that I watched a ton of. Um my my two younger siblings they they liked it a little more than me so we we ended up watching it and i i had only seen animaniacs a, a few times and i never really got into it so um yeah just for nostalgic reasons i guess um i would have to go with with dexter's laboratory and and, and the fact that i always called it laboratory was always like yeah. humorous to me yeah, I don't know why that's funny, but as a kid, it was like, oh, hoo, hoo, ha, ha, laboratory. It, it, it was always one of those things that like kind of like stuck out that like made you remember the show, right? Yeah. But um, interesting. I I definitely would have gone Animaniacs on that one. Okay, uh, but it was probably more like that kind of went more up my alley as far as like comedy went, where it was like a lot of uh, toilet jokes and pee and poo and <laughs> you know. Full disclosure, I am still a child, and back when I was a child, yeah, that that you, things, those things made me laugh. Yeah, and I watch I watch Carter now at you know almost four years old, and he's like, 
I'm like, Carter, what do you want to name your fish? He's like, pee pee poo poo. I'm like, God damn it, kid. Like, can you just stop? You're like, the thing I would have said, now you're like burning me with it because yeah. I'm not supposed to think it's funny. Like, your kid yeah. farts at the dinner table and you have to like oh, hide man. your. <laughs> Maybe it's just boys. So many... Like, boys for uh-huh. sure definitely do that. And you're like, oh, I can't laugh at this one, but I really, really want to. Well, I'm really bad for it. Like yeah. my kids do so many things where I laugh at them and they just so then they just, of course, keep doing it. And right. I'm like Nadine's like, you can't laugh at them. I'm like, but I can't help it. Like, <laughs> he said pee pee poo poo. Yeah. What am I supposed to do here? Please. Right. Inform like, me. Come on. Like yeah. you use a normal brain and like that. That shit's funny. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. I, d- I really don't want to include this matchup, but I have no choice but to because it's on my list. And I mean, who didn't like the show as a child of, you know, someone who was born in our generation? So I have the Magic School Bus. Do you, do you remember watching the Magic School Bus at, at school? It was like, here, learn this stuff by watching a cartoon, which is like just terrible, yeah. terrible teaching. Um, versus I didn't include it before. I'll, I'll include it this time for you, Steve Rugrats. Oh, you're hitting with some heavyweights now. Yeah. Um, clearly I liked Rugrats because I heard that answer when, uh, you clearly <laughs> didn't say that. So that should be the first thing, uh, this matchup will tell you, uh, If you would have asked me maybe a few months ago before my kids started getting into Magic School Bus, I think Rugrats would have had that. Uh, But getting to see my kids learn about these things through cartoon like I would have is so unbelievably cool when you can hear them talking about like, I don't know, platelets when they're going through like the episode where they go in Ralphie's nose, um, the, yeah. the fact that they understand when, when, when can, Ralphie's sick, right? Right. Ralphie's sick and, yeah. and they go and investigate into his body and why it's doing that. And Learned about white blood cells and red blood cells. Man, yeah. I can't believe I still like, I don't know why I remember that episode more than any, ep- any other episode, it's but just I know exactly that, like, which one you're talking yeah. about. They Magic School Bus has done such a great job. And I didn't again, I didn't fully appreciate it until I'm a parent watching my kids actually understand somewhat. I know they don't understand how white blood cells and red blood cells actually work. um, But the fact that they get the concept of what is going on in the body is absolutely fascinating. So I got to go Magic School Bus on this one. Wow. Upset. Upset, upset for sure, especially because you thought I said Rugrats earlier, <laughs> yeah. and I feel like you would have picked that against Hey Arnold, but against yep. Magic School Bus, that was the uh, deciding factor. So uh, I have a question for you. Is the original Magic School Bus, is that on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Okay, because yep. I, I know like they revamped it and like brought it back. That's also on Netflix. Um, that's on Netflix it's as just well, not as right? Good. Yeah. It doesn't have the same I, voiceovers and it, it's not the same. You know, Miss Frizzle I, I, is the same, but she's got like a little different personality. And I'm like, like her, no, it's like your sister or something like that. And like, right. I, I, I've watched a few of the newer episodes. I didn't realize the original was on Netflix. So I'll, I'll uh, 
have to start watching that with the kids. There's um, not that many of them, too. That absolutely okay. floored me that there was not a lot of them. And maybe that's because, like, as a kid, you could watch the same, like, 10 episodes yeah. 700 times and it felt like we there were 700 we, episodes of it yeah there's that kickball episode i can't remember what happens in that in that with that one episode but i remember them playing kickball and they did right. something um but yeah uh, uh, olivia fell down the uh classic cartoon rabbit hole on netflix today she found like a tom and jerry movie from like 1992 and then followed that up with a looney tunes movie from 1981 so i'm sure she'll love classic magic school bus yeah um last matchup here and we're getting a little more uh you know mature rating these are things that we're like when we were like 13 we're like oh man like my parents are gonna yell at me for watching this but like (laughs) i totally want to watch it yeah um so of course we have south park Hmm. versus ren and stimpy Oh, I never really got into Ren and Stimpy. I remember watching it a few times, but I just there was something too weird about it. Like maybe it was like what the the main characters were. Um, and oddly enough, I was not a big South Park fan. Like I think a lot of people now as adults watch it and there's a lot of like, you know, things that I would have missed as a teenager in terms of what their message is on South Park. Um but I watched more South Park than I did Ren and Stimpy, so I'd have to go with them. Yeah, my oddly enough, my dad actually introduced me to South Park. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so I guess bit of a not exactly a cheery story, but my dad went to the coast to go spend time with his brothers. So my dad has uh, three brothers, so there's there's four of them together. Um, and my dad went down to the coast to spend time together as my grandmother was, um, not doing well. She was on her, her, her last legs in, in the hospital, uh, fighting cancer. And so anyways, my, my, my dad was visiting his brothers as his mom was, was dying. And, uh, the four boys, uh, I think it was my youngest uncle. So my uncle Ron, I think introduced my dad and the rest of his brothers to South park. And my, my dad came home. I want to say my grandma passed away in like 1996. I was like 10 years old. My dad came home was like introducing me and my brothers to, uh, South park, which, uh, was, Fantastic. I mean, as a 10 year old boy, um, you that it's like right up my alley. I probably haven't watched much South, much South Park since I was like 16 or 17. Um, but when I was yeah, when I was 10, um, man, I love that show. Um, quick recap here of your 90s cartoon showdown. So we've got Recess. We've got South Park. Uh, we've got the big upset of Magic School Bus over Rugrats. We've got Dexter's Laboratory and Spider-Man. Uh, who is your MVP? Uh, yeah, I. to be honest, I think it's between Magic School Bus and Recess. Uh 
as much as I want to pick Magic School Bus because I as as a parent, I think it's very cool to to get to experience that with my kids. Uh, Recess was my all time favorite uh, kids cartoon show. Um, I was picking it the second it came out, even though I didn't even hear that on the first one. Maybe I was just so excited that it was going to be on there that I, I totally misheard it. But I watched so much recess up until like my I guess you could call them like laterish teen years. It was always on it about like I want to say like three thirty four o'clock on, you know, Treehouse or Peachtree TV, whatever that channel was. Uh, and there was always three or four episodes. I can never remember how many, but uh, I would watch all three of them every day after school uh, for years and years and years and years. So recess for the win. Great, great choice. Um, I mean, it, like I said, it's on. Do you guys have D- Disney Plus yet? Yeah, we have Disney Plus. Yeah. OK, so start watching that with the kids. Oh, it is it, on it's there. on there. OK, um, I'm, I'm sure I actually, now that we talked about it, I should watch start watching it with Olivia. I'm sure she would love it. Um, so yeah, we, maybe we should do, uh, you know, like the guys at the PP one did with the breaking bad, uh, you know, watch through, <laughs> maybe we'll do a, a recess watch through and we'll Behind tweet about it and talk about it every week. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're doing it on like adult TV and we're just doing it on kids shows. Hey, uh, you know what? It, it, that's about all my mentality can handle right now. The shoe so. fits. Okay, we uh, we have a little bit of a mailbag today. Uh, quite a few more questions, so we'll go through these. Um, we don't have to both answer them. As a matter of fact, the first ones are pretty much all towards you. Uh, Jace Face, so at Coffee and Hoops. Thanks for sending your question in first time. Uh, who is wide receiver one, Lockett or DK? I feel like I know what the answer is, but... I want to say it's DK, but it's 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 still Lockett. I mean, it's it, it, we we've talked about this in length uh, in the past, you know, off air. Um, you know, Russell Wilson kind of picks his guy week to week, and <laughs> and that's who who's going to get all the targets and and all the uh, catches and yards and touchdowns and what have you. Um, but I still feel like at this point, Tyler Lockett is still the the number one wide receiver. Um, but DK is a very, very, very close one uh, B. Yeah, I think if you're worrying about who those wide receiver ones are, call them one A and one B. They both yeah. they both can handle the load. It's uh, just very from a fantasy football standpoint, mm, it's very, very frustrating. Sure, I, I get that. That's my hatred for Lockett. That was the whole you went through that last year thing, exactly right. Uh, second question, how should I feel about how the KJ Wright situation was handled? Kind of went into this last week with Michaela, right? Uh, be fine. Be yeah. fine about it. Um, I mean, the Seahawks have Jordan Brooks and Daryl Taylor. Uh, um, yeah. so th- they're, they're not hurting at the linebacker pres- position. They got younger, they got faster. Um, I'm not going to say they necessarily got better, um, but over time, I think we're all going to be, uh, you know, happy with the guys that we have in place now. Daryl Taylor, sure, he's more of an on-ball linebacker than KJ Wright ever was. Um, but it's just it, it's businessman, and we eventually we have to move on and uh, and bring in some youth. Um, so I'm okay with it. I, I hope everybody else is. 
like Jonathan Vilma said today, it's so it's going to be weird seeing KJ Wright in the black and silver tomorrow. Um, but uh, I was real, real happy seeing Jordan Brooks and Daryl Taylor today. Yeah. Uh, third question: Can Chris Carson stay healthy this year? Ooh. Um, I did actually acknowledge this on Twitter today. Um, I love the way he looked today. His patience looks great. Um, you know, he waits for the hole to open, but then he hits that hole really, really hard and has a really aggressive style of running. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping he can stay healthy this year. He hasn't proven in the past that he can, though. Uh, so I'm definitely nervous for sure. And then uh, Jace's, I'm assuming his name is Jace. Uh, his last question is, is there a Pete Carroll successor? If I, who knows? I mean, it could be Shane Waldron. I, I don't know. It could be, oh God, I hope not Ken Norton. Um, but if, if I were to pick one guy to be the Pete Carroll successor, it would actually be Eric Bieniemy, uh, the awesome offensive coordinator from Kansas City. Um, yeah, so th- there is eventually, obviously, a Pete Carroll successor. Who knows who it is? But I would actually go out of house uh, into Kansas city and pick uh B enemy as my guy. That's a good pick. You, you know, he's going to get that head coaching job at some point. So why can't, I can't it be believe with he doesn't team? have it yet. Right. Like it, nobody it blows can my, believe it blows my mind. That there must be something going on there where he actually is like actively trying to not, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, second, uh, I guess, person to ask a question jimmer so at capital j i m m three r underscore uh we haven't heard from jimmer in a little while so thanks for the question who leads the ravens in carries yards and rushing scores this season outside of lamar so that's the big question right you've got uh obviously the 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 lead back at this point is tyson williams that would probably be the smartest answer um, for carries and yards, most likely. The rushing scores one is kind of interesting, though, because they, like I said, they've got Devontae Freeman now. They've got Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they just brought in uh, Latavius Murray. I could actually, so if it's if I'm not allowed to pick Lamar Jackson for this, I would actually go with Latavius Murray. I think he's going to be fantastic in the red zone. He's a big body. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. So I could see the rushing scores. Uh, Obviously, I think Lamar is going to have the most rushing scores. But uh, outside of that, I would go with Latavius Murray. And we have uh, the name. It's almost Lamar season. Exclamation (laughs) point. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. So at DT Gordo. Just a little excited, right? It's a Seahawks question, right? Yeah, it must be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at DT Gordo, thanks for the question as well. Is, should the Ravens trade for Mark Ingram? I've seen this one pop up here and there and everywhere. Uh, and the answer is no. There's a reason why they let him go. Um, now, they didn't foresee their number one, two, and three back getting hurt. Um but you just brought in four other backs uh, who can do what Mark Ingram can do and maybe a little more. And I love Mark Ingram. He's a, you know, one of the Bama boys. He's a Raven for life. Now he looked really good with Houston today. I was really happy to see his resurgence. 
Uh, but no, we don't need to trade draft picks to uh, do something that Tyson Williams is probably going to take the lion's share of it and then have a little bit of a committee behind there. Uh, like we were alluding to earlier, the offense runs through Lamar Jackson anyways. So um, I think they've brought in enough pieces to, you know, still make a championship run with the backs that they have. Uh, okay. Our last mailbag question from our buddy, Ryan Hank at the PP one podcast. Uh, his first question, I'm just going to answer it quickly because we both know the answer. And I tweeted that out. He says, why do my fantasy teams never do what I ask? Because <laughs> you draft bums. Cause you're a bad fantasy manager. You're, you're just be better, be better. Ryan Hank. Actually don't be better because then, uh, because I enjoy playing against you. Yeah, I like the weeks where, yeah. hey, I'm playing Ryan. Maybe I won't start a player and see if I can still win this week. <laughs> <laughs> Free win. <laughs> Free win. Uh, his last question is actually football relevant. Is Jameis Winston good? And then followed up by now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you uh, kind of answered this question a bit, but I'll, I'll give it to you. Yeah, like I said earlier, like maybe that LASIK surgery um, did do wonders. Um, maybe still the same Jameis that we've always seen in the past. Who knows? Uh, too small a sample size still. Um, I mean, he did a great job against that Packers, uh, you know, supposedly vaunted defense, um, especially with, you know, missing Michael Thomas and, and a lot of his other top pass catchers. Um, so, yeah, too small a sample size uh, still to actually, you know, definitively, definitively say yes or no one way or the other. Um, but maybe he is showing that, you know, uh, LASIK is, uh, is proving wonders and is the way to go. So anyone who can't see properly, maybe take the Jameis, uh, route, get that LASIK and eat them W's. <laughs> maybe that's what I need to do. Um, <laughs> I also like to take a step back from week one because week one, these, coaches and players have been literally game planning for so long on what they're going to do to to certain teams so like once other teams get a look at this new sort of look with Jameis and not Drew Brees under center uh you know I could see trouble happening so I, I agree it's just too small of a sample size but uh it's nice to see a guy kind of get a, a little bit of a resurgence you know a, a former first overall pick um, kind of come out and show that he still has it. And, you know, if he still has it, the Saints are going to be a force and they might even win totally. that division over the Bucks. That's how Ooh. good they look. Again, Hot take. Yeah, if Jameis can continue to play at the level he did against, I agree, a, a, a defense that I thought was going to be a lot better. I have them on one of my fantasy teams that made me pick up a defense. Um, and I got negative points from them. So that, that should tell you everything you need to know. Um, yeah. go ahead. No, nah, it's just a defense and fantasy football is, uh, defense and kickers. Get rid of them. Get over Be it better. guys. We don't need them. Yeah. We, nobody cares about them. Like, it's like, oh, like, I guess we have to pick this guy now. Like oh, we all would rather pick Justin the skill Tucker. players. Like get rid of your kickers, get rid of your defenses and just pick skill players and have more fun. Yeah. 
you know what? Open up the flex to have kickers in it as well. And if you really love kickers that much, put one in your flex spot. That's yeah. fine. There you go. Uh, okay. We're pretty, well, we're way over time, but uh, we'll call it pretty <laughs> much out of time. Uh, this was a lot of fun getting to actually talk real football. What happened uh, in the middle of a season now? The season has started. The Seahawks are undefeated. The Browns are winless. Everything <laughs> is right in the world. So, uh, as always, I'll give you the last words, dude. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you made it through this off season with us. Uh, we started in March. We have made it this far. Uh, you know, six months later, uh, real football is actually here. So, thank you, everyone, for listening to us getting through this tough off season with us of, you know uh, you know, there was times that we were like, Oh God, there's no content. Like, what do we do? <laughs> um, so we're really happy to be here. We're really happy to have you guys listening. Um, you know, tell your friends about the ball Hawks podcast. Uh, check us out on Twitter at ball Hawks underscore pod. Like I said, at the open, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Check us out there as well. We're trying to be more interactive there, trying to create more content for you guys. Uh, we love talking football. In the case you guys didn't tell tonight, by our excitement <laughs> and how uh, just, you know, our, our, our voices, like we just, we love talking football. We're so excited to talk, to talk about real, actual football this season with you guys, whether it be Seahawks, Ravens, uh whatever else like whatever team you cheer for like we are just so happy to engage with you guys so please reach out to us you can find me on twitter at phillips chris 12 reach out to steve at ss fisher 87 we are of course rep uh part of the dean blundell network happy to be there um and as always guys seahawks one and oh go hawks peace come on let's go to the blue hotel I wanna live at the blue hotel The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares It's for the open-minded The pleasure seeker it's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.